Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 334, recorded on July 15th, 2021. On tonight's episode, we talk about Nintendo Switch OLED, Steam not Switch not OLED, and Persona's 25th anniversary. Jesse, you know what to do. What's up, everybody? It's Marty here, and you are listening to Nintendo Dads. It's episode 334. As Tim said, it's July 15th, 2021. And, man, do we have some stuff to talk about, including Steam Decks and Stream Decks and Personas and OLEDs and all kinds of other um, things and stuff. Stuff and things, as Rick Grimes would say. Stuff. yeah, th- speaking of stuff, <laughs> Jesse Waldack, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. I have a few things I wanted to quickly show off before we started things off. So, as I, I, I when I this uh, Mimikyu hat came in uh, the other day, I put it on and showed my wife, and she goes, "What the hell do you have on your head?" <laughs> so basically, what I, I ordered a bunch of things from the Pokemon Center store, which because they're Pokemon Go related, comes with the. Perf- Professor Willow research card, which has a code on it that I can then put into the website tied with Pokemon Go to get a a special quest line. Nice. So that's so we're talking about paid DLC the like Amiibo way. (laughs) And folks, that's Jesse's Pokemon Minutes or Poke (laughs) Minutes. No, no, wait, there'll, no. There'll be a little more Pokemon later. Yeah, so I basically like I got two shirts and this, so I can get three cards because I have two accounts, and I'll give one of the codes. I gave one of the, the third code to my son, so we're all wor- working on that quest line. Another thing I wanted to quickly show off is I told you, but remember the, the Xbox controllers that can be customized. Mine came yes. in. You got Ooh. one. So it's a Tingle it's, controller. It's a t- it's it's colored like Tingle. Tingle. Tim. Tim set up the original color scheme and I kind of tweaked a few things. I think I switched the red and the blue. And it is it engraved nice. with my name on it. I'm not sure if you can see that. Uh, that is nice. So yeah, I was pretty, I, I like that. It feels nice. And then last week I talked about uh, the stand that Datlast kind of sculpted yes. for me. That I, the first first version was didn't quite work so we tried a second version. This is a little thinner. Still didn't work because the feet were wrong. So I kind of literally took a Dremel tool and cut them off and tested it. I think this will work. So we did another edit of the model and I'm reprinting that now. So hopefully that is good. And if so, then I'll have that set up for next week's show with using my new Stream Deck XL. New tools. New yeah, toys. you'll be using your new <laughs> Stream Deck, but not a Steam Deck. Uh, so yeah, that'll right. be, yeah, that one letter makes a difference, folks. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of a letter making a difference, uh, Tim Off, all the way up from uh, Detroit, Michigan, Minnesota. Yes. Whatever. Detroit, Wherever. Michigan, Minnesota. Somewhere up there. M-I-M-N, there's your letter. Yep. Right. <laughs> one letter makes a difference. How you it doing, does. buddy? I'm doing okay. It's uh, been a rough week, yeah. uh, but uh, it's uh, actually wasn't going to be on, but I'm glad I'm on. I'm glad I'm on with you guys and be able to, you know, talk about what's been in the news and looking forward to doing that. So I yeah. appreciate it. How you doing, Marty? I'm good. Sometimes uh, when 
times are tough. You just need some time with the boys. That's right. That's right. Or girls, if that's, you know. Or all of the above. The people. The people. The people. Be with the people. Right. Well, speaking of the people, the people don't want to hear us yammer on and on and on. They want the news. So let's just dive right into it, shall we? And our news is brought to us by you fine folks over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can join in with a fantastic community of Nintendo Dads and moms who are over there hanging out in the Discord, participating in monthly mayhem, uh, like, you know, creating podcasts to be on the podcast network. Some of them are even playing Xbox, which... How did that happen? Right. Uh, so uh, lots of cool stuff going on over there. Uh, and starting in August uh, and actually possibly next week, we're going to be having some of our Patreon producers on. And so if you're listening and you're a Patreon producer, understand that a, a message has been dropped into your inbox on Patreon to schedule your date on the show. So if you'd like to be a part of that, just go ahead over there. Tell us what works for you, and we are going to have you right here on the show. Of course, we're also brought to you now by Manscaped. Manscaped is the premier uh, line of grooming tools for men, uh, particularly below the belt. Uh, and so you can head over to manscaped.com and use the exclusive code NDADS. That's N-I-N-D-A-D-S. Let me say that again. N-I-N-D-A-D-S. You'll get 20% off your first order and free shipping. And uh, guys, uh, I got to say this. I talked about it last week. I picked up the uh, the weed whacker, right, for the nose and the, and the ears. Uh, and it works. It's good stuff. Uh, I did not pull my nose hairs out, which uh, had happened with a previous device that I had tried. That was not pleasant. And, uh, you know, I, I can actually do it myself. Like I didn't have to call my wife in there and be like, hey, can you uh, get this, get this, you know, hair in my ears? Because that's that's embarrassing. Right. You don't want to you want to ask the wife to do that. So head over to manscape.com. Use the code N-I-N-D-A-D-S uh, for 20 percent off and free shipping on your first order. Uh, there's all kinds of goodies over there. You can go and check out. Um, so yeah, there you go. Je hey, Jesse, have, uh, hey. you, you used yours yet? I still haven't. I, I plan on get, getting into it sometime soon. But... This weekend live stream. All right. No, uh, I have, I have used mine. <laughs> so, oh, is asking goodness. about the overlay I've got on. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, uh, yeah, there's that. Uh, let's talk about some headlines, shall we? Uh, today at uh, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, Nintendo Switch OLED model pre-orders went live at retailers across the United States. Uh, Best Buy, Walmart, Target, uh, and GameStop all put theirs up for pre-order. As of right now, Amazon has still not gone live. Uh, but, uh, of course, the SKU came out in two separate models, the uh, neon blue, neon red, which is the current model of the Switch, basically, and the brand-new white model. Uh, who was able to get a pre-order? I did. I, I, I was not. I pre-ordered white. Me too. Apparently, that is the new colorway for this generation of consoles. Yeah, I see a lot of 
I saw that the neon were up quite a while. Yeah. Um, so, Jesse, you you pre-ordered online. Yes. I went in store. How was your experience online? It. I didn't have any problems. It was just quick, fast. Who, who did you go with? By I, went, I went through GameStop, and uh, I saw at 2 o'clock, refresh the screen, the not available turned into pre-order. So, click, and then check out, and that was done in about 30 seconds. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I went in-store in GameStop because I didn't know where I was going to be at 2 if I didn't make the time to do that. So I figured that I would just go. I actually got there about 1.15 to stand in line, and I was the only guy in line until five minutes ahead of time. Yeah. I, I did tell my son because he had the day off, so I wasn't sure if he was going to try to pre-order one of these or not. I I haven't heard back from him at all whether he did or didn't try. I'll, I'll talk to him tomorrow for I sure. I did notice that there were several people in our community who were able to pre-order, um, but also several who weren't able to pre-order as well. So uh, if you were able to get an extra pre-order and you'd like to help out the community, you can post that uh, over in the Discord. I noticed there were a couple of people who said, hey, I got one here and there. Like I got a neon here and I'm waiting for white somewhere else. So uh, maybe you can get there in the Switch uh, sub-channel of the Discord and talk about that uh, and help a few people out. We put a Twitter poll up today about 4.45 uh, p.m. Central uh, asking who was able to get a pre-order? 74% of you said yes. 26% said no. And so uh, I'm really, I'm excited now. I'm just got to wait. My switch has to hold out until October the 8th. Like it, it's just got to, it's got to limp along until then. Right. And hopefully not die before then because it needs to be alive in order to do system transfers. Yeah. Uh, and here's the other thing. Uh, how much is that Animal Crossing uh, transferal app going to get a workout on that day? I think that's going to be a fun thing. Think about day. that. That uh, maybe we should put a new a new poll up. Chances of uh, the Animal Crossing transferal app crashing and burning on uh, October eighth. Over we should, we should no. ask the uh, the <laughs> Game Pass news folks that because you know they're also the the dad's crossing people hey they may they may finally have something to talk about on <laughs> animal crossing uh if they do that you know i came to a realization a couple of days ago i haven't been to uh, my animal crossing town in about a month and a half oh i haven't so, been i haven't been there since like last august well all of your animals are just whitewashed bones Laying in the sun by now. Sanrio cards are the only reason why I got back into it. Could be worse. Could be my city folk. Or not city folk. The uh How long how long New have Leaf. those city folk been waiting on you? How long has New I, Leaf been waiting I, on you, Jesse? New, New Leaf has been waiting on me for about seven years. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a nuclear wasteland. Uh in in, in Jesse's New Leaf. Uh the trailers are turned over. Things are on fire. Everything's dead. Every the, inch of your every inch of your island is weeds. There was an animation of called like Isabel ruins everything, where like the mayor has been away and then came back and he sees what happened. Have you seen this? 
have if not, not you should you should check it out I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, by the way, if you are facing a similar problem in Animal Crossing and your island is covered in weeds, you can head over to manscaped.com and use the... <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to go there. But anyway, if you guys were able to get a uh, uh, an OLED model switch, congratulations. Uh, we'll be checking in more on that as we get closer to time. Uh, by the way, <clears throat> you guys, um, Jesse... Pre-ordering online, you uh, had to pay for the whole thing. Is that correct? No, I don't think they actually charged me. So I don't, I, th- I think they may. But when they do charge, it'll probably be all at once. Yeah. It's, I, right. it, this so be... in, in store, it was only $50 to, to pre-order. Nice. I was under the impression that consoles used to be $100. No, I think they are always 50 to 50 down. Well, when I pre-ordered my Switch, it was $100. Maybe that was a temporary thing. It may have but, been. Maybe it was because it was such a high high value item. You know, they only had like five or six at my store when they first came out. So, I don't know. Uh, let's, let's continue talking about some releases here. Uh, an IGN article today confirmed that Nintendo had, quote, unforeseen shipping delays when it came to the Zelda and Loftwing Amiibo. So this is bad news for those of you who are looking forward to Skyward Sword HD releasing, well, in about a couple of hours uh, here as we record. As a result, a small portion of the Amiibo will only, a small portion of the Amiibo will be available on July 16th. Additional shipments will be delayed into August and ship to retailers at that time. Uh, let me ask you guys this. This is two games in a row, right? Monster Hunter Stories 2 right. had problems getting Amiibo. Now, Skyward Sword HD, which is arguably Nintendo's biggest release of the year so far, because uh, they've been hyping this up. Um, but I'm just I'm just wondering here... Um, what is going on? What do you What do you guys think? Employment issues at distributors. Yeah, probably still. Like you know, I don't know. It could be COVID related staffing still. Because you know, I, know some I have areas, an answer. I just wanted to hear what you guys thought. Okay. First. Now, I know some areas are still ha- have you know having hotspots in COVID where yeah. others are not. So I don't know if that could be so, part of this. I was reading. Um, I also play a ton of board games. So I'm uh, in several board game groups on Facebook and ran across a post the other day by someone uh, from Deepwater Games who is they're currently about to launch a brand new Kickstarter for a board game. And uh, her um, post was basically about. If you think it's bad now on the shelves, wait until November. Wait until the holiday season as far as board games are concerned because they're looking at container shipping fees of doubling and tripling. Ouch. Because there's either just not enough work or there's been, there's not enough space or there's storms, um, you know, that they're having to deal with. Uh, I think we're seeing a, a, a shortage right now. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I still like 
transformers and things like that. And so I go hit the stores up every now and then to look. There's a lot of um, empty space. I don't know if you guys have seen that, like in the toy section. Yes, I um, have. There's a lot I of empty space. Really been looking. And yep. I, something tells me earlier this year, there was a giant ship that sank off the coast, off the West Coast, that was full of Hasbro product. Really? And something tells that. me that some of that is related to this. Like some I knew about the right canal now being jammed. With- now, and the canal apparently too is, they said would that would, the, the, the ripple effect of that mm-hmm. would be felt for months. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if some of that is still, you know, there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I know I think there's life, a multitude of things. Definitely. I, I think it's a perfect storm scenario. Yes. I think it sucks for Nintendo. Right. It sucks uh, for everybody. I like, I, I, I don't know. Like I, here, you think about this. You're, you have this really big, this really big game coming out and there's this really prized amiibo that you've locked quality of life improvements behind. Yeah. And oops. It's not going to be available for a month. How many people are like, like here, here was my first thought when I saw this. Uh, how many people are still going to need that feature that the Amiibo provides a month later? Well, isn't that feature in the Amiibo, though, something that, yes, it's behind that Amiibo, but more often, like you can do it anytime as opposed to yeah. where you have to go to the location itself in the game. Like it's there. Like yeah. it's the fast travel feature. I, I want right? to call out something in the chat right now. Uh, Console Cato, good friend of the show. I thought we were going to bring that up. No, I thought we were going to bring that up. Roasted the Steam me Deck on thing. Twitter earlier because I said PC gaming sucks, which by the way it does. But I'm just <laughs> I'm going all in. I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to point and click every game. Uh, I just I want to play with the controller. And anyway, <laughs> you just you, you just keep doing what you grow up grow up doing. I, I never played like Number Muncher. That's what you play on a PC. I'm like Greg Miller. Do your taxes on it. Download stuff on it. Take the NX. Shovel the dirt. It's done. Anyway. But anyway I, I use Console, the controller. Console Kato in the chat is saying this, and I love this. Here it is. Why would you not just say, hey, our ship full of Amiibo sank? Yeah. Right? right? Well, I would just say would it. Go, just say, like, People look. would go look for it and try to salvage. Yeah, it's like. Uh, you know, oh, there's unforeseen difficulties. No, they're all on the bottom of the ocean. Nemo is playing with your your loft wing amoeba. <laughs> Ariel has them all stored on her shelves of coral. That's that's where they all are. But right? upside down because she doesn't know how. Yeah, upside down. Work. Yeah, she's calling it a dingle hopper. All right, so <laughs> there you go. It's, it's just, this dingle hopper is is the picture of a big bird and a woman. I don't know what it is, but it's look at the stuff. Isn't it neat? Uh, Shiv UK in the discord says it's a good thing that they don't start that, that this doesn't do anything meaningful in the game. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. I right? like that comment. And, so I had to throw it in. And so look, I mean, it does do something meaningful. It sucks that it's delayed, but. Well, oh like I said, gosh, so help me understand, make me understand this. Cause again, Yes, it allows you to fast travel whenever you want, right? That's what that it is, allows that you to go does. back to the sky anytime. Yeah, 
Yeah, Where in the middle of a dungeon. Right. Which is which is great, right? I understand that, but you can still do that in the game, just not as frequently because you got to get to certain points in the game in order to do that, right? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you, you got to find the statues. Yeah, so yeah, it's still there. It's just you can't do it. It's still when there. you want to it's with an there. amiibo, right? But like in the People middle of a dungeon. Riding, I'm sorry if I'm distracted. People are writing lyrics to Ariel's song in the chat, and it's <laughs> yeah. but it's theme. I've got loft wings and trinkets aplenty. Yes. The main difference is, I think... (laughs) More examples of Marty singing. You can't do that in a dungeon. There's like I don't think there's any statues in a dungeon. But if you have the amiibo, if you're getting low on health, you can tap out, go go back up to the sky, fill up... Right, okay. Fill up your hearts, fill up your potions, and then tap back down to where you started. Where without it, you couldn't do that. Right. So I, so I get that. So that it allows many, you to do that. How many of us right here, right now, are going to sell our Skyward Sword of me that we've got pre-ordered? I just, I, like uh, Quag311 says, I just want my Joy-Cons. <laughs> I was kind of getting worried because my, my FedEx tracking on my GameStop order for Loftwing was, was showing delivers on the 16th. And I, it was like, it's shipped. I was like, yes, all right. So I would go do it. And it was like label printed. Yeah. And I was like, oh crap. It's one of those. It's on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Right? It's like you guys. Suck. Uh but no, <laughs> it 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 I got a text like right before the show tonight. It's like it's it's on its way. It'll be delivered tomorrow. It's moving. Nice. Anyway, I like there's gonna be like can can we organize a search and rescue party for Zelda and Loftwing? Can we do that? <laughs> like, can we track the ship and just be like all right, this is where we gotta we gotta go down. We gotta dive. Um, Did you um, see what Council uh, Council Cato also said about Skyward Sword? Irrelevant be, in two weeks. It'd be irrelevant. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't want to say she's right, <laughs> but look at look at what's happened to Mario Golf. Like just in the like Mario Golf is going huge in our community. Yeah, we. we but but well, but like, what about the rest? What about the rest of the world? How many how many people talking about? You know, yeah. Where's Mario Golf? It's They're all there. playing it in their own communities too. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> Let's talk about another announcement that was made today. An Atlas announced uh, today that for Persona's 25th anniversary, they they announced more for its 20th anniversary than Nintendo did for Zelda's 35th. Seven brand <laughs> new products promising to be released between this September and autumn of next year. None of which will come to the Nintendo Switch uh, if, if it's a mainline Persona game. Uh, the image for the first product was in the Persona 4 color scheme, uh, possibly a port to other consoles. Um, now, here's the deal. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but Persona Strikers is already headed to the bargain bin. All right? It's already selling for $29.99. Well, it's a third-party right. game. They always I, do that. Well... Uh, okay, but everybody talked about, oh, well, Persona on the Switch. Well, how do we get Persona on the Switch? Buy the game at full price. Am I wrong? I, it's yeah. hard to say because it, third parties do this, though. They'll discount, after it's been out so long, they will discount the game to get more sales. Yeah. The, the problem that game had, and it's still a great game. I loved it. and I, I played it on the Switch, is, you know, it's a sequel to a game that isn't on the Switch. 
Yes. You know, yes. and Prime Four yes. is looking like it's gonna have that problem. Uh Dread is looking like it's gonna have that problem unless they fix something. So well, how do you fix that? You do what Grasshopper did in Suda fifty one and you release No More Heroes one and two on the Switch before No More Heroes three comes out. Yeah. Right? I have Persona five on PS4. I want to play that game on my Switch because I can't sit in front of the TV for as long as it takes to get through Persona 5. I can't do it. Yeah. But I can I, carry my Switch everywhere I go and get in an hour or two here or there. You know, a little. I would buy the- it today. $60. Put it out. I will pay it. So the little, this is a little peek into the next news item, but I saw a tweet saying, congratulations to the Vita for no longer being the lowest selling product that'll play Persona 4 Golden. <laughs> that is savage. God. Wow. Somewhere Avita's holding a door shut right now. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so you know, we're talking, talk, that's reference to Valve's Steam Deck that we'll get to in a minute, where I, I joked, but not really, saying this is where Square Enix really wants you to play the Final Fantasy game. That's right. Yeah, this this console, let's just roll right into that and talk about this, okay? So today, IGN blew the top off of Valve's brand new console, or let's not even call it a console, right? It's a portable PC. It's a handheld PC. Uh, it's a handheld PC. You can plug it up to a monitor. It becomes the PC. Uh, and so... Uh, this is coming out later this fall. Pre-orders open tomorrow or today as you're hearing this. Uh, 32 gigabytes. Actually, this is wrong in the notes, Jesse. It's 64 gigabytes. It is 64. 64 I, yeah. gigabyte model uh, for $399. 256 gigabytes for $529. 512 gigabytes for $649. Uh, it has at complete access to Steam. Uh, all your purchases on there, which I got to admit is pretty cool. But, y'all, this thing looks like the Sega Game Gear had a glow up. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like Teenage Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, you know, this is, this is the Teenage Game Gear, right? Um, so, like, I guess I want to ask this first and foremost Should Nintendo be worried about the Steam Deck? I'd say no. It again, it's a different market. But I think it does take away from those PC owners who did like the Switch, Switch. Who did like the Switch uh and played some of those Steam games they could, you know, obviously they would have to buy the game twice, but um they there was there was a market there where some of those games that, that you could play in Steam could you could cross save and play right and and as again as our good friend Console Kato is reminding us you can go on the Steam Deck and play Persona Persona Four Golden on the go right yeah. <laughs> uh, so but here here was something I thought was interesting uh, seeing people react to it just after it came out uh, is this thing a portable Xbox now. Kind of. That was something I was gonna. I was kind of wondering was it would especially if it could play Xbox Cloud uh, well, or Game Pass Cloud. Excuse me. It so, sounds like it's got the processor ca- capacity of like the original well, PS4 that, and kept, the original Gabe, Xbox. Game Newell kept reiterating the fact this is not a, just a console; it's a PC. 
It's a yeah. PC. So it, it it's comes pre-installed with SteamOS. You can format it and install a full-blown version of Windows on it and download the Epic Game Store, GOG, anything else you want, and do what you want with it. It's Linux-based, so anybody who knows Linux can also do all kinds of stuff with it. And what it is, has a Windows. It does have a, I forget what it's called, but a Windows capability to be able to use Windows apps on it. So, Ebusel here he, in the chat, he's asking the right question. What's the performance when it's not plugged in? Did we? Did any of you guys catch that? Like, what's battery life like? What battery life is supposed to be five to six hours average? Really? Yep. And that's based on. It depends on the game and the and the type of um, processing power that it's going to need to do in order to play that game. So, um, yeah, as I found out, like Dragon Quest Builders Two is a lot more processor intensive on the Switch than. S- say Picross. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's going to have the same type of things that we see in the switch, but it is surprisingly it comparable to the switch as far as, and maybe even better in some cases, but uh, I, I just, I, I really think it's interesting that Nintendo is about to drop pre-orders for its brand new handheld hybrid. And along comes the, Oh, and by the way, we're doing this too, right? Um, it's going to be interesting to see how much this sells. I think yeah. it will sell. I think I think you're right, Tim. I think there will be people who buy it based on um, the fact that they have entire libraries of Steam games, right? Yes. Uh, and now lots of third parties coming to Steam as well. Um, like with Assassin's Creed and different things like that. So mm-hmm. it's really going to be Final interesting Fantasy. to Final Fantasy, things like that. It's going to be interesting to see, especially when people get it in their hands and they start doing things like running emulators on it and having Nintendo's entire content library for the last 20-some-odd years. They'll have it. better virtual console than we will. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, and I think that's, like I said this earlier this week, that Metroid, I love how much they're pushing Metroid. Like even today, Nintendo was tweeting about Metroid, right? And tweeting all this stuff about Samus. And I get it. Part of the thing is, is we've got to market the crap out of this game because we haven't had a 2D Metroid game in 19 years. Uh, like we, they want us to want this. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, is that with, with them highlighting Metroid so much, one of the things that it's bringing to the forefront, at least for me, is, man, getting rid of Virtual Console was such a terrible move for Nintendo. Like, we used to complain they, all the time. I don't think they like, had control, oh, though. Man, I got I to gotta pay 5 to $15 or, or $20 for these games. And now it's like the same people are like, I'm paying $20 years, dollars a year and I don't have all of these games. And I remember the advocating is because for, the net, for like a Netflix style service. Yeah, I don't I think want that anymore. The difference is though is that the other companies realized what they could make from doing this, doing collections and stuff. Collections. So that's why they, we lost out. Nintendo wasn't going to be able to do a virtual console like they did before because other companies wouldn't have. Well, and I get that, but I also think that there should have been a way to bridge over purchases. Because I look back at 10 years of virtual console from the Wii through the Wii U. Mm-hmm. And there is like, that's some, I put some serious bank into that. Yep. 
We all jokingly predicted, though, that this would happen, that somehow we would have to pay for those games again. Right. And now they can't remaster and sell them like Kato's talking about. Like, you know, Mario 64 and Sunshine have proven people will buy that crap. All you have to do is make it widescreen. So say hello to your Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, Wind Waker HD collection next year which is most assuredly happening. It's It's got to. <laughs> I didn't they know that get, the notes. They wanted Skyward Sword to have its moment in the sun, and that's good enough. But yeah. right. So uh, you, you mentioned Netflix for games. Did you hear that Netflix might get into gaming? I'm like, okay. Yeah. So And they showed a PS5 controller in their... Castadia and Luna has done so well. But their thing, I think, is going to be... Are you being sarcastic there? Yes. Their oh, thing yeah. is going to be about using the other controllers, though, too. Use the controller you already have and to have access to these games, I guess. Yeah. But it, I guess it depends on what those games are. Well, maybe. I, I don't know. So, I and mean, speaking of if controllers... It's, if it's the same game that, that's on Game Pass and that's on Luna and it's on Stadia, why would I want it on Netflix, too? Right? Maybe. Well, and speaking of controllers, going back to uh, the PC gaming and what you were talking about um, with typing in the mouse and stuff like that, I play on my PC with a controller. And that's thanks to Xbox or Game Pass Cloud. So I like how they've implemented that and used that. So because that's, again, growing up in my time, I'm more used to the console than or a controller than a keyboard, too. Like the games I'll play on PC, I, I would normally use keyboard and mouse. Like the Power Wash Simulator, yeah. Portal, Portal Two, those are probably the three games I've played most recently. Sim City, I will use a mouse and keyboard. I'll do that, but yeah, <sighs> it depends on the game. Starcraft kind of has never been good on a console. It's the only game, like the only games Starcraft, I've ever yeah. played on a PC, Age of Empire, was Warcraft. World of Warcraft, StarCraft. Yep, StarCraft 2. Loop Hero. I, like, I, I will say that I do play, <laughs> I play Loop Hero on, on, on Steam because why? But like, I haven't picked it up in forever because the only time I'm around a computer is at my office. I want to go home. I want, I want to sit at my desk. I want to sit on the couch, right? Yeah. Now, see, now, going back to the Steam Deck thing, so you were asking like who's interested in this, right, or who would get this type of thing? Is I'm I'm interested because it's potentially going to do the things that we wished the Switch did, which was play those higher end games, and you could also connect this console to the TV and play it through your TV. So it's going to do the Steam. What was it? The stream? Yeah, but I've already got the Steam that thing that they had to a TV. It's called yeah. a computer. <laughs> well, yeah, you can do that, but I mean, it's again, this is portable though. This does this potentially does the same thing as the Switch, where I can take it right. and play it but, wherever yeah, I want. Playing it portably, make you know, having a product that does that makes sense. But having a product that you know docks like the Switch does seems redundant. Because there are other products that do that. Switch is unique in that there are no other products besides itself that will let you play Mario Odyssey on a TV. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's true. But it, it's true. Yeah. 
I guess where I was trying to get at though, is like, if you, for me, how I view it is I have, I have steam on my computer. I don't have it connected to my TV in the living room. If I had the steam deck and I'm playing that and I can stream steam (laughs) from my computer to the steam deck to the TV. I mean, it's, it's almost like the PS4 when you were able to do, you know, remote play that type of thing where I was able to play. I have one PS4 in the house and I can remote play it wherever I wanted with my PS Vita. Or, you know, if you had the Vita TV, you remote stream it that way. So I see, I can see if you're, if your main way of playing games is PC games and then your, your switch is your maybe second console because you like Nintendo games. I can see a lot of PC fans really liking the steam deck i did think i think i heard in the ign video that currently at least as of the in the, that beta prototype you saves are not transferable between it and your desktop but they're working on having that compatible so okay. until it is that's kind of moot yeah absolutely uh, well, let's talk about some game releases here uh, that we've learned in the last week or so. Uh, today, we also learned that Pokemon Unite will be launching on Nintendo Switch July 21st. NBA 2K22 uh, will be coming out on September 10th. If you pre-order it from GameStop, you actually get a basketball. Is that <laughs> what that was? Just, it was I so much. It was so mind-blowing to Wario64. He, he tweeted again after he tweeted the first link, and he was like, it's an actual basketball. I saw that, but I didn't understand the context. I saw the basketball with the 2K22 logo on it. Yeah. Uh, it will be, uh, let's see, the cross-gen digital bundle will be $20 so, more. Yeah, here's where uh, the developer gets gross, I think. Yeah. Uh, cross-gen digital bundle will be $20 more for PlayStation and Xbox. The NBA 75th Anniversary Edition will be available for $100, but it will only be digital for Switch. Uh, And it contains a bunch of extras that aren't included in the base game. Uh, And in our notes here, we've kind of written this. It's kind of like pre-purchasing microtransactions and virtual currency. Oh, I I tried listing out the differences, and I'm like, these are just all microtransaction garbage. You people are. You people are. Right. Speaking speak, of EA, speaking uh, of speaking of, I was gonna say, speaking of gross, the gross and, publishers. And uh, also, we're getting another, uh, we're getting another, another version of FIFA uh, 18 on the Switch, except this time it's called FIFA 22. Uh, so uh, it's coming out on October 1st. Uh, the it's again the Legacy Edition, 39.99. Other consoles versions are 59.99. I can't wait. For IGN's review of FIFA 22, for the fourth time this year, I can't wait. It's we, going to be. Fantastic. I think we have, we have, do have a question talking about this. I don't know if you want okay. to do that now or just hit it. Yeah, all right, let's do it. Find it. Hey, Susemara. Okay, EA is just making fun of us with this legacy updates of FIFA. Yes, there are customers for it, or else they wouldn't no longer sell it. However, I did purchase FIFA 18 when it came out, and everyone I know told me that I would regret it. Honestly, I did not. I did enjoy it, even though it was not the same in comparison to the one other systems. 
Ever since then, they have not changed the game at all. I understand that the claim power isn't there, but why give us something so lackluster? Would you prefer third-party games to be on the system at all? Or would Nintendo fans be better serviced by not getting a subpar game and pursuing it on another system? What's a good compromise for something like this? I have a proposal, but I'll let you guys answer that first before I get, give mine. So out. this is where I think the uh, the old adage of the two-console house comes in, or the two-console residence, however you want to call it. it uh, the you, you have the Switch Plus something, right? You have the Switch Plus PS4 or PS5. You have the Switch yeah, Plus yeah. Xbox I've One. I've been Nintendo and Sony ever since the PS2 GameCube era. And, and so in that way, you don't have to pursue it on the Switch unless you just really want to take it with you. Um, there are some games, and Persona 5, as like we talked about earlier, I would rather take that with me. Uh, but uh, for something like this where it's clearly they're doing nothing, Right. Except changing some names and jerseys for the third year in a row, there is no reason to buy this on the Switch. Yeah, I'll, when doing a little research, I noticed whenever they put out the new version of the Legacy Edition, they delist the last one. Of course they do. So like, they want you to have to buy it at full price. So the only they're charging actually, for it. So you, you know, like right now, you can buy FIFA 21 for the Switch or FIFA 15 for the 3DS, and that's it. Yeah, so until this uh, releases, 1st, October twenty one will get October first, twenty two will be all you can buy, and that's really crappy. Uh, like, I, though I, I think this might be the first year they actually discounted this, it. This this game, Tim, Tim, your thoughts here uh, before I, I say anything else. This this is what makes me mad about EA, and this is where I could end up going off and may go off I, because this is just laziness again on EA side. And if it's a specific team, I'm sorry. EA, but you it's it's representative of you. So again, you're being lazy, you're being stupid, and you're you you are using that argument they came up with before. They're like, we see our customers who prefer playing on these other consoles. Well, it's because you're not even giving it a chance. You're not even trying. You're obviously there's sales there, so because you keep releasing it, but you're not even doing anything, even to the legacy copy. You're not even provide. Yeah, you're updating the the you know the teams, but you you can't update the graphics. You can't learn something from the system to make it better. You know, after you know reiteration after reiteration, it's fine if you want to keep it legacy because of the of the graphics. You know, and keep it that way. But build on that. Make it better. Do something. Add to it the following year. Build on that. Let on that legacy engine and make it for the switch. And you know, I've talked about this before. It's like you build to cater to the audience. So fine. You're using that engine. Great. Use that engine and improve on it for the switch people. What, you know, when they first did the legacy edition, what I thought that was, was like, Oh, we caught them in the middle of a console cycle or dev cycle. And so they're going to do this legacy edition and then the next year it'll be better. Right. I think that's what some people hoped. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people thought, but then that's a negatory. It's just <laughs> happened over and over and over again. And it just like, why do people keep buying it? Yeah. The EA sports side is the frustrating part of EA for me. I'll put it that way. It's because 
I've been happy for the past couple of years because they've been bringing the games that I enjoy, like the racing games and stuff over. But the EA sports side is what's make makes me sad as a Nintendo owner. Yes. I, great. I could go my PlayStation or I can go to now the Xbox or the game pass cloud. But why can't, why can't I, as a fan from EA's past, be able to play some of those style of games on my Switch? We're in just a generation. Say, just say the name. Why can't you play? NHL Rewind. Why not bring that over the Switch? You know, because it's good for this generation. You know, why not do a rewind? It would be great for this generation. Bring over a rewind series where you can use that engine have an NHL Rewind, have a Madden Rewind, have an NBA Rewind, have a Triple Play e- Rewind, whatever, you know, the whole gambit of sports we could have Rewind on on the Switch. And you would have tons of people and make money to get this stuff. It's there. We've seen Tim, the numbers. We played the, the numbers. The biggest, kind of miss, the biggest miss of this console generation has been absolutely what you just said. And stuff like Disney Afternoon Collection, yes. which is Nintendo games that were on the NES, not coming to the Switch. That's not knowing. It's, again, being lazy, not knowing, you know, just looking at numbers and not studying the data. There's data there that says you have generations who played Super Nintendos, GameCubes. You know, and in 64s, all the stuff that EA used to be on with Nintendo are hungry for those same games. And even if they were playing them on other systems like Sega Genesis or PlayStation, they are still hungry for those classics. And they're not bringing them. Image has got some good things in the chat here. He said, Deadly Discs Rewind. Okay, I'm all, I'm all for that. Okay. That's, a, that's an, an, a television game reference. He goes, uh, he also says, didn't IGN give the last one a four? Yes. I looked it up. He got a two. A two. Yeah. Right. And, and and I, I think I thought I, I thought this was the first year they actually discounted it. And the, the review I pulled up confirmed that. Last year it was fifty bucks. Unbelievable. Anyway, so my solution, which I think would make everyone happy for doing just as little effort. Still sell FIFA 18 at its retail price with this FIFA 18 roster. If you want to get a latest roster, $10 DLC. Done. You still have the same game. You still have, you still have FIFA 18 on the shelves and in the eShop. And just that's, add, add a little more DLC every year. That's why roster. I'm pissed because they're not even doing that type of thing. And that's right. something they even speculated on doing even back in the Genesis days. They speculated. That's why you had that yellow tab on the side of it, because they had speculated that it would be a place for you to be able to update your rosters every year. But no, they obviously are a corporation. They want to make money. So, and Jesse, to add to that, they could do one of two things. They could do one of two things. They could update the roster if you had 18 or 19 or 20, buy the DLC to update the roster next, or... EA does what they're already doing. Stop making 18, 19, and 20 and, well, see, and release no 21. Because they also have all the microtransaction garbage. Yes. But if they did what I so, so had solved, then all that microtransaction would stack. 
But every time you buy a new game, all that resets and you have to start over with buying your DLC. No, I'm just saying if you buy a new game, you bought the new game because you didn't have the previous one. So they can still keep right. selling, you know, the latest iteration as a 21, 22 or whatever. I know but everybody as is one. The old one, you buy the DLC. I know everybody when they think EA, they think the legacy sports titles, Tim, like you you know, Madden, NHL, all that stuff, rewind. I would love to see Mutant League rewind. But you know the real reason that they're not doing this is because they know if they did James Pond rewind, it would be over. They'd never be able to make anything else. It would just be, be That's yearly, not EA Sports, though. It would, it would be yearly iterations of James Pond. Uh, d- I'm talking like about just EA Sports. EA itself can do whatever they want. No, as EA, part Sports, of the EA Sports would be absorbed into working on James Pond, <laughs> like everything at Activision has been absorbed into working on Call of Duty. Uh, they ought to just like what do they, they have like just four release studios this game every year. Call of Duty games. What? What do they have like four studios now working on Call of Duty? Every games? studio at Activision is working on Call of Duty. Oh, Toys for Bob is working on Call of Duty. Everything. It. Absolutely. Absolutely gross. You're exactly yeah. right. Which is kind of we, sad from like from, from the company that gave me my favorite Atari 2600 game. Pitfall yep. 2 is now they've right. come to this. But that that's out there. That's what's happening. They're going to make Call, Call of Duty Pitfall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I call it. Hey, look there. Pitfall rewind. That's all you got to do. You got to. You know, <laughs> hey, uh, I've got a question I'd like us to discuss for just a moment. So let's do okay. that, shall we? All right, guys. So here it is. It is Donkey Kong's 40th anniversary. All right. Yes. We're at least sell. We're we're celebrating. All right. So. Uh, my question for you guys tonight and for the chat and everybody watching, listening, you can tweet us, you can hit us up on, on our email over at nintendodads at gmail.com or any of our socials. Uh, or if you're watching live right now, I would love to know, what is your favorite Donkey Kong game? It can be Donkey Kong had an appearance in it. Uh, it could be about Donkey Kong. It could be anything that Donkey Kong is in. What is your favorite Donkey Kong game. Donkey Kong 3. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but you know, my serious answer would be the original Donkey Kong Arcade. I, I did like Donkey Kong Country in the SNES. I did 101% it, but I ain't going to do that again. And I don't, I tried like the, the returns on Wii, and I got to a point where I just got fed up with the game. So I, I don't like how difficult it's gotten. So I, I'm, I've I'm out of that franchise, but uh, so I would say the original arcade is my favorite. Okay, Tim, what about you? Favorite Donkey Kong game? Uh, the um, Mario versus Donkey Kong games are my favorite. I guess probably okay. the the Mini Land for the DS um, one. I think I think that was the one I liked. I was trying to look it up real quick. I, I there, they did the quite a few, yeah. Uh, didn't they do like a kind of 3D one a few yeah, years they, ago? Yeah, there was, there was quite a few of them out, but I really like enjoyed those something games. Something tipped? Is that one? Tipping Stars. Yeah, I didn't like that one. 
Tipping yeah. Stars. I don't think I played that one actually. So the the games in the subline are Mario versus Donkey Kong, uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong March of the Minis, yeah, Mario versus Donkey Kong Minis March again, uh, Mini Land Mayhem, yeah. Minis on the Move, Tipping Stars, and then the update to that Mini Mario and Friends Amiibo Challenge. Then Donkey Kong for Game Boy pretty much grandfathered that series. Or yeah. DK ninety four, as most as some people would say. Yeah, yeah, and that's probably mine. I think it's March uh, my, of, March of the Minis is the one I think I'm thinking of. My yeah. favorite Donkey Kong game is the one that came out on the same day as the Game Boy, as the Super Game Boy for the Super Nintendo, the Donkey Kong for the Game Boy, where it you know expanded on the original formula, but just did it in such a really cool way. Um, Man, that is a game that deserves a remake. Yeah. When, when when I first I first played that on an emulator, I didn't know what the game was going to do. I thought it was just kind of a, a, an enhanced version of the original arcade. So when I, I went through played the arcade as you'd play the arcade, when I beat the Rivet stage and Donkey Kong got away, I'm like, what just happened? And then it went into the real game. I'm like, okay, that was fun for a few levels, but I, I didn't like that play. And therefore, you know, I've not, I've tried a few of the other games he's listed, and none of them I got very far in. But again, I like that original arcade stuff. Gotcha. So, Mecca asks, uh, does, I would, and I would answer, yes, this does count. He goes, does the DK Mario and Rabbids DLC count? I said, yeah, that sure. counts. That's Donkey Kong. Sure. Absolutely. So, uh, right here in the chat, uh, here's some, some of what you have said. Uh, Quag311 says Donkey Kong Country for the SNES. Mecha Dragon says Donkey Kong Country Returns. Ninfrendo says 94. Hambo Johnny, 94 on Game Boy. Uh, but the original Donkey Kong Country is my favorite. Ebusel says DK94. Uh, Mecha Dragon, of course, DK Mario and, and Rabbids DLC. Nobody said Donkey Kong 64. Well, there's a reason for that. Uh <laughs> Third strongest mole says Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, Ebusel asks, is Donkey Kong in Mario Hotel? No. Stephen M. says DK for Game Boy is my favorite. I got it for my birthday. Got to play it early because we evacuated from a hurricane during what was supposed to be my birthday party weekend. I was disappointed. But, hey, look, I bet it all turned out okay. I mean, got to play it early, right? I remember getting it. Um, we, I was on uh, a business trip with my dad. So it's kind of like, you know, vacation business trip or whatever. And I remember buying, like walking into like EB games or something and seeing it was out with the super game boy. Right. But here's the thing. I didn't have my game boy with me. So I couldn't play the game and I couldn't use the super game boy, of course, because they didn't have anything with me. Um, but when I got home, the first time I ever played it was on the big screen in color through the Super Game Boy. So that was it was really cool. I really uh, enjoyed it. Does Diddy Kong Racing even count? Donkey Kong isn't even in the game. Kong's in the title. We'll count it. How about that? So Stephen continued his answer. He was disappointed because at first he asked for Donkey Kong Land on Game Boy and got that instead, but it became his favorite. Oh, okay. Cool. Nobody said Donkey Konga. Uh, nobody said Donkey Kong Bongo Bash or whatever it was for, um, and wasn't there, wasn't there a, a weird one for DS where like 
you had to use the, it was like King of Swing or something like that. Yeah. You had to use the, the L and R buttons and like. I tried that when I got a re- just, virtual console. I didn't like that. Just make a dang Donkey Kong game. Make a 2D game. God. Just make me. I didn't can, enjoy can I, I did this, like Donkey Kong and played the hell out of that on the Game Boy. Where, where, in the the crap, where in the crap is King K. Rule? Like, Donkey Kong 3, beat him, and he's like, nah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to conquer Donkey Kong Island anymore. He's, he's in Smash now. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's in Smash. He's training it's worked, for that. It, yeah, it's, it, it's worked out for him. But, like, I don't need, like, evil musical instruments or evil penguins or whatever. Those are dumb <laughs> villains. Bring the Kremlings back. Do it right. Donkey Kong, oh. KK Rule. There you go. So yeah. no one else had Donkey Kong 3. <laughs> no, nobody said that. Uh, Jungle Climber is is the name of the game I was referring to, I think. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, go play some Donkey Kong games this weekend and celebrate the big monkey on his 40th anniversary. Uh, I promise you it'll be a good time. Uh, let's talk about a couple of events. Actually, just one event, right? Jesse? Yeah. So I'm Tell not going to go into Pokemon detail. Pokemon Go Fest. Yeah, Pokemon. I'm not going to go into detail because we've talked about this before. Just just a quick reminder. Pokemon Go Fest 2021 is this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. local time each day. And so I, I will maybe, probably, most likely do some live streaming. I did last year. At least on Saturday. Sunday is, is mostly raids, so I'm not going to be able to stream that because I need to be out and about. But I'm probably going to do some streaming on Saturday. Awesome. So check out our channel for some Pokemon Go Fest 2020 and go buy you a Mimikyu hat so you too can have paid DLC for Pokemon Go. <laughs> there you go. Let's talk about what we've been playing. <laughs> Guys, uh, I'm going to let you uh, both here at the front talk about y'all are still playing Doki Doki Literature Club. Well, we, I, at least in my case, I, I pretty much wrapped it up. You know, we, we and the only reason why I put it down here is because Tim and I did a spoiler cast that went out this last weekend. That we wanted to kind of give that a plug in case you somehow missed it on our feed. It's there. So go check it out behind this episode. There you go. And it's. Uh, what, what, hour 40, hour 45? So we, we, we talked quite a bit about it. Okay. It cool. was great. Jesse had a slideshow and everything that only us as yeah. podcasters could I, see. I, I, <laughs> I put more effort into that than any presentation I did for my college classes. I, I was a lot of fun a, to talk about. I had a 91-page slide deck. And my part of Doki Doki is just I didn't get 100% of the 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 extra stuff, the extra content, which I'm trying to do because there's some extra um, stories there. So and I got I got two of the six, I believe. Yeah, there's six of them. So. And then I also wanted to mention that the game got updated to 1.0.3, which I don't know if it fixed any bugs earlier in the game, but it adds one new element in the side stories. And that, that was missing also in the, the PS4 version. And... When they patched that in the PS4, my son finally got his Platinum Trophy. Nice. Well, there you so, go. So the people who somehow got the Platinum Trophy before 1.03 came out, somehow I hacked it. Because it's not possible if it, to get it if it's not mm-hmm. in the game. 
Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> uh, Jesse, what else have you been playing? Okay, so I've been playing a little bit of Mario Golf Super Rush, uh, mainly to try to keep up with the Monthly Mayhem tournament. So I put in a pretty decent score. I think Tim tied with me at 9 under par uh, last week, and this week I... <laughs> is a much more difficult uh, game that I played before earlier today and got par. And I'm like, okay. And I don't And with Saturday, with everything going on Saturday, that only leaves tomorrow to try to improve myself. So if I don't, that I might just be submitting my 55 minute par run. This week's is brutal. Can I just say that? It is. I, like, it's I, I, not. I'm not a fan. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I've tried it three times. It's not fun. Yeah, I, I double bogeyed a five par. So that yeah, it's uh, it's not fun. Not... Uh, I, I'm going to be honest with you. A picture in picture of where your ball is going while you're running after it would be really helpful. Yeah, that was one. That was one I was trying to I ran. I was running toward the pin, not where my ball is, and like overshot it by like the double the distance. So I don't know how much time I wasted trying to run back. And the you people who are out there getting like eighteen under par and stuff, you can go kick rocks. I'm just gonna <laughs> say that. Like you, 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 you just get out of here. That, like that. There's that's unnatural. That's rubbing That's it natural. in. It's like, oh, God, I got a hole in one on like five holes. Shut up. <laughs> Get out of here. I know that I can't win money in this, but this makes me feel bad at video games. Yeah, our, our 900 par still put us in like, what, 23rd place out of 36? Yeah. Which is kind of sad. I'm trying to remember what I think my score last night like I recorded it, and the other two that I've tried today, I just gave up on. Uh, was like fifty six minutes. I was like, this is stupid. I, I haven't had time to try it yet. So anyway, yeah. Well, I, I can't wait to try it now. From what you guys yeah, are talking about, <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> so well, we much. Only have two, we only have two days left to. Uh, yeah, get I know. Our, get in our scores. Otherwise, we get a zero. We don't want that. No. So better to you don't want a zero. Better really? to send in a par score than a zero score. <laughs> right, tonight right, or tomorrow. Right. And I dropped I dropped nine in. nine under par last week uh, for the first one, so I'm right there with you. But man, like there are people who's like, oh yeah, I'll just do a casual run, nineteen under par, it's no big deal. I think what did, the first place it was like a three way tie at twenty three under. I think he he said, uh, like that's just. Inhuman. Anyway. Anyway, so cool. then I also finished up Pictui. Um When I got to the tw- the 20 by 20s, I didn't have any problems with those last few pages. Uh, the, that third to last page is what gave me the most grief. But, uh, but you know, once after we recorded last week's show, you know, I didn't have any problems with the rest. So, again, I, I like the interface of Jupiter's games better. You know, it wasn't horrible, but it could, definitely could use some some improvement. Jesse, I want to know if you saw that uh, there are Game and Watch pixel puzzle games coming out next week. 
Yeah, I think I think Justin said he was going to try to get codes for me. Yeah. So like, not only is it Picross, but it's like like a game and watch. Yeah, it's like so. the, 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 yeah, the Switch is simulating a game and watch. Like it's like it's like rendered in three D on the Switch, and then and you actually play it like a game and watch with the liquid crystals and all that stuff. Um, it looks pretty so, cool. Yeah, not not got for a, me, but they've got a Picross. They have a Pixel Lines, which those I'm okay at, and then they have another a third type of game. I don't like. It's like you like you tr- the. The grid is a mix of on and off lights, and you need to turn all the lights on or off, and depending on which button you do. If I could just get the pixel lines one, I would. I would probably do it. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think it's all three in one bundle. So you. Yeah. But so I probably anyway. won't play those the, those much, but at least play the the, the Picross and the pixel lines. Yeah, which reminds me, I've been doing the the, just every now and then go back to. Uh, Pixel, uh, what's it? Is it Pixel Lines? Is that what it's Pix- called? Pixel Lines. Yeah, I go back to the the, the first one, Pixel Lines, uh, to do the the bonus puzzles. Like I'm in the dinosaurs now, so it's like the 128 by 128. I've only uh, got. I, I remember only finishing one of those. And so, I I just remembered that I have the second one, the 500 extra puzzles, and I've never booted it up. <laughs> so I bought it when it came out. So I've got another 500 puzzles sitting there um, that I guess I'll get to eventually. Probably yeah. not. Yep. So I know, and I know so like next week, you know, we've got, there's like three games coming out next week. I'm wanting, including Zelda that comes out in 25 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, Tim, what have you been playing besides DDLC? Uh, that was it, actually. I got to play that uh, af- a little bit after, I think, the next day after we had our little podcast, and then, uh, or actually that same night, and then the next day. Uh, but I haven't been able to play much else since then. I do have on deck, though, uh, Ender Lilies, so I hope to be either streaming a Let's Play of that uh, sometime between now and Sunday because uh, I'm very interested in how that plays out because it's an action ad- uh, adventure RPG, an action RPG. Uh, so um, I just, just by looking at it, uh, I would say go check out Ender Lily's video and see the uh, what it, it looks beautiful and looks like potentially, it, it, I thought maybe it might be a Metroidvania type game, but it, there's no indication that it is. Um, but I'm going by looks alone right now, uh, and also that it's an action RPG. I'll say, I'll say those two things is what got me interested in this. Um, and of course, we got a code for it, so um, I volunteered to take that because I'm I'm very interested by those two things um, uh, and the story in regards to basically, if I remember correctly, because hopefully I don't screw this up, but or get an um actually, but it's basically a game that's. Um, a village of people, a bunch of people that died um, from this thing. And then um, you are a spirit that's coming back to try to beat whatever's taken over this town. Uh, And you're fighting against a lot of the other people who have perished and you gain them. If you beat them as 
part of your party or part of your abilities to be able to fight other things. It kind of gave me a, that Mega Man vibe in that regard to where you can go any route you want and fight certain bosses and you gain that boss's ability or that boss to be part of your abilities. Because if you look at the trailer, it looks like that boss comes out and does the actual action for you. Uh, so, and then with that ability, then you're able to do other things. So I'm still trying to, I want to be able to play it, get a feel for it and be able to explain it better, like maybe next Thursday or, or of course, when I stream it, uh, you'll see it then too. But there are some things that are intriguing about it because of that, that the mechanic, like I said, that I explained there, plus the graphics look beautiful. Um, it's kind of got children of the light kind of feel plus, um, um, What's that one where it was all silhouettes? One of the first ones that came out where you just kind of see the silhouette of the kid running around. Do you guys remember that one? Uh, the silhouette of the kid running around. Uh, I don't remember the name. Limbo. 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 Yeah. That's, that's what I was trying to I, I remember of. the big spider. Yes. It yeah. kind of gave me those vibes as well because uh, the spirit you see, and it's very, you know, it's kind of like white and stuff like that. And there's other colorful things, but then there's some other kind of limbo vibes to me in it as well. So those are the things that stuck out to me and the reason why I was interested in trying this out. So look out for me to post something about a stream for that, hopefully sometime between now and Sunday. And uh, like I said, I've been playing much, but hopefully to get back to playing something. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of my story this week. I've been playing Mario Golf. That's it. <laughs> that's the other thing I need to catch up on too. Mario Golf, that, of course. Uh, and honestly, like I had to rush through a part of the game because our monthly mayhem challenge this week was in a course that I had not unlocked yet. So I had to rush through this other part that was very frustrating. Uh, Cross-country golf. Yeah. Like, hit your ball into these tornadoes, and they'll work 45% of the time. Yeah, I did not like that part. So what I understand is you, you can open and unlock it from the story mode, but also you can unlock it if you practice the course, hmm. if I understood I, that correctly. I think, I think they said if you – so, like, you start off with one course unlocked. Play, play that as an 18-hole, you'll unlock the next one. Okay. So gotcha, you don't have to. You actually don't have to do the story mode. You can actually I've already, just go play each. Course. I've already unlocked the one after Balmy Dunes, uh, okay. which is like a, a weather, like a rainy course. But anyway, that I think that's what uh, I was trying to get at here. That's too. as far as I've gotten to. I haven't played that. Yeah. that in the adventure mode yet. Well, I've been trying to do the monthly mayhem challenge, and then today I realized I have been neglecting my Fortnite. And so I, I hopped on Fortnite and leveled up seven levels in about two games. So wow. um, I had all these challenges piled up. And so I played. And I saw that uh, they um, have put LeBron James in the game. Why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, he's got an Xbox controller. Yeah. He's got, a, he's got a – did you did you see that pack that Sean Capri got? Yeah, it's that was pretty, pretty cool. nice. That's that pretty, pretty nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, Mario Golf Super Rush and Fortnite. That's that's what I've been I've been playing. Uh, it feels like that's pretty much what I play every week. It's like, hey, I'm playing Fortnite. 
Uh, well, it's like your comfort food, though, right? Too, it, right? Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Um, I'm really, I think the season's pretty cool. So yeah. it could be worse. It could be Apex Legends. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not touching that game again. So anyway, uh, let's uh, turn on the community spotlight, shall we? <laughs> All right, Tim, take it away, man. Yes, sir. Uh, so we got quite a few things from the community. We got emails and chats, and I think we even got a voicemail, right, Jesse? Yep. So starting with the email we got from Russ G, we got one of my top 10 games on the Switch is Yoku's Island Express. I like pinball games in general and recently picked up Metroid Prime Pinball for the DS with Rumble Pack accessories. Yes, the Rumble Pack really adds to the experience, and I'm really enjoying it. I wish Nintendo would release their own pinball collection of pinball games they've made over the years. That's a good idea. Anyway, the question, what are your favorite console accessories for which game and why? Handheld or not? The first thing I'm thinking of is the one I didn't like, and I actually returned it. Uh, they had, uh, back with the, the, the Guitar Hero, Craze. Oh yes, yes. I had I bought Guitar Hero for for DS. Yes, and I that hurt. Oh my gosh! Who thought that was a good idea? I loved mine. I thought it was great. <laughs> so yeah, it was I awesome. Much I didn't get much into that. Um, trying to think of things I liked. I remember the original Game Boy had the light with the magnifier. Yes. <laughs> the monstrosity. The light boy. The light boy. Uh, yeah, I, that I, was good. I remember like my junior, senior year in high school when we were doing, we, I was in the orchestra, so we had to, to sit through the choir shows for the, during the holiday season. You know, like four performances plus a dress rehearsal, so five of these a year. And I was so sick of Christmas carols for 20 years before I, Anyway, but, you know, so we couldn't leave and come back. We were stuck in the orchestra pit for this three-hour show where we only played 20 minutes of it. So I would have my Game Boy with the light, the earphones, playing that <laughs> during the choir show. My band teacher said, yeah, I don't care as long as you don't disturb people with it. Yeah. So he didn't care. Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say two things. One for, I guess, nostalgia, I, or it wouldn't be necessarily nostalgia because I was, well, anyways, for an older device and newer device. The older device being the Game Boy Advance SP. Um, I really loved Super Mario, um, uh, Super Mario Brothers three, on the Game Boy Advance because of the e-reader, uh, the card reader. Uh, I had a lot of fun using that card reader accessory with with the Mario Brothers three game, uh, and that was the first thing that popped in my mind was that. Uh, um, and I just thought of another thing too, but I, I, I'm gonna be here all day. I love accessories, and I don't know why. It's just I love trying out new accessories for a lot of devices. But the other one I really like is the, um, and I, I swear I'm not trying to promote them, and they're not gonna send me a check. But I really like the fact the fixture S1 for my Switch. Uh, to be able to use my uh, Pro controller with that 
in the in the tablet, you know, in in that mode. Um, the only issue now is if I do get the OLED, I wonder if it will still work with that because of that one millimeter. I think it will. I <laughs> think I, it will. Yeah, but th- I really like this that in the case and stuff that they gave me and so which was really cool. Yeah. So. so for mine, I'm going to drop a link in the chat for you guys right here uh, on our end. And then I'm going to also drop this link into the, um, the following follow along chat. Uh, my favorite accessory. One of them is this controller that I had for the super Nintendo oh, called the, yeah. that is it, is that pronounced? How do you Ask pronounce me. it? ASCII. ASCII pad from ASCIiWare. So I loved it originally because it was in Super Famicom colors, right? Yes. Uh, because it the button layout, YXBA, it's the exact Famicom colors. But each button has its own slider where you can for, for change turbo. it from off to turbo to auto. And then there was also a setting for slow. Yeah. So, like, yeah. literally, basically, what we do is it would pause and then pause the game really yeah. quickly. It's a, it's a turbo um, for a start button. Yeah. So here's the thing: you look at it, and it doesn't look like all that much. But I remember uh, the feel of this controller in my hand is just was just awesome. I love the Super Nintendo controller anyway. So I had a friend who he wanted one of my games. I couldn't find this controller anywhere. He had it. I said, I'll trade you the game for the controller. Boom. So I got the controller. Actually, if I remember it right, I believe that it had a longer cord than the regular, the the Nintendo issued Super Nintendo controller. So it allowed me to sit further away from the TV and play. I just love that. The other one is... I've already talked about it on the show um, is the super game boy for the super Nintendo Hmm. being able to go back and play all my game boy games on the big screen uh, and playing around for a while with the color palettes. Cause you could only, you could put four colors, right? So like playing around with those and seeing what it would suggest for games. I, I loved that so much. And then just recently, um, I love this controller from uh, Power A. These Power yes. A wireless controllers that they sell with the branding on them. This one is exclusive to Walmart. It's a Super Mario 3 branding, but um, they run off batteries is the only kind of like, I guess, knock on them. But I just, I love this controller. They're super responsive. doesn't have all the bells and whistles, but it's also cheaper, Right. So you can get them like they brand these things in all kinds of first party Nintendo stuff like Mario. Well, I mean, my son, he wanted a Cuphead one for his birthday and we got him that. And he that's the only thing he plays on now. Uh, And they just introduced. I love this. They just introduced a Waluigi power a controller. Wow. And I'm going to have to get it. This Uh, is. Yeah. This is the pro. Fusion one that they came out with that I really yeah love. that one's really cool too. I just wish that the fixture clip fit this because <laughs> I would use this more <laughs> with that fixture clip. Absolutely. So you told me your list kind of brought back a few other accessories that's so all kind of rapid fire them. 
Yeah. The NES Advantage, SNES Advantage. Oh, wow. Kind of the same reasons. The Game Boy Player for GameCube. And I liked the, the N64 Transfer Pack. So you can, like, if you had Pokemon Red, Green, Yellow, and then with you could import them into Stadium and use your Pokemon in Stadium. Yes. And then Stadium 2 had Gen 2 support. And then, though, I never figured, I never found out, I always assumed that, like, the, the game ROM was in the cartridge and only accessed the, the, the save data, but it might have been actually playing it, the, the game off the cart, but it'll let you, you can play just with the transfer pack, you can play red, blue, and yellow on the TV. That oh, way. interesting. And it kind of gave gave a Super Game Boy-like border. I don't think it was exactly the same as if you put them into Super Game Boy, but it was very similar. Mm. Did that come out before the Super Game Boy, or was that after? No, you said 64, right? Cause, yeah, yeah this so was it would have been after. Okay. Yep. One Jesse's of the things I... Here, Jesse's over here teaching me something, because I had no clue what the Super Advantage was. And now I'm going and look at this. This thing is nuts. Yeah, yeah. The, the the Super Advantage joystick for the Super Nintendo, man. Yeah, I remember that playing Final, when I first played Final Fantasy VI. I rocked that joystick on that, and <laughs> nice. <laughs> Why? Well, because there was one there was one area where you were on a raft, and all the all the default choices would just put you in a loop. So I set it up with Turbo and just have to put the push the button down, and it just kept looping us all day. I got auto, you. Okay. Auto winning fights, and I was like way over leveled. By the time I got home from school, I love day. it. You guys mentioned controllers. One of my favorites for the GameCube was the Airflow. I think uh, it was Mad Cats or something. I oh, mentioned it this, had fans in it. It had fans in it, and <laughs> I mentioned this before, and somebody brought it up and said that there's they actually made another one for the Switch. And I did see that uh, it was actually maybe Nyko or something, but um, yeah, they do have a newer version out for the Switch. But um, yeah, it was it was one of my favorite controllers because it worked. Because my hands will get you know, you. pretty sweaty, and it was nice to get that sweaty hands. Episode, even episode said the river grind, so he knew exactly where I was going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Man, that's a good question. Yeah, it was great. And going back to his, uh, what he was saying about Metroid Prime Pinball, I love that game. One of my favorite Metroid games I mentioned during the Retro Logic Metroid show that Metroid Pinball was, Prime Pinball was one of my favorites in the Metroid games. And uh, it actually was the reason why I went back to try out a lot of the other Nintendo pinball games that they came out with. So I would love to see a Nintendo collection of those pinball games. That would be awesome. So, like, like Marty said, great question. All right, questions from the chat. Mecha Dragon 101, question about live streaming. Any advice on trying to stream a game that requires focus while also still being with the chat? Sometimes you just got to be quiet. Yeah, basically, <laughs> you know, if you need focus to get past the affection, focus it. The chat will understand. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, Sometimes I'll like not. I'll forget to look at the chat like every five or ten minutes. I'll remember. Remember, so I'll just kind of glance at my other monitor. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a chat here, and then respond. But if I get into another area where I got to concentrate, that's where my focus is. Peace. Yep. 
All right. So great question, Mecca, as usual. And um, we have a voice from mail from Vo Mecca too. Why don't we do that one while we're doing that? Uh, sure. While we're on Mecca here. <laughs> hey, Nintendo Dad, it's me, Mecca Dragon 101. So I thought that I'll send in my message via voice messages, voice messages to be said. So with the release of the Sky Sword um, HD remaster tomorrow, and people bringing up the debate on uh, is this game really worth X amount of dollars? This is your dad's opinion on that. Do any of your dads have some kind of strange and weird formula on determining how much a game is worth? For me, if I can tell that some work has been done on the game, I'm okay with the game being at $40, $60, depending on my work done, um, for example. Um, people think that the Mixed Awakening remake um, should have been at least $20. And I'm just looking at them like they're crazy because, you know, these things like doing all that clay animation style graphics took like Nintendo like an afternoon to do. No, it took them a while to do, especially to even think of that graphics. Um, but anyway, hopefully that makes sense. Um, looking forward to the podcast tonight. And yeah, I hope to see you guys later tonight. Thank you so much. Back um, out. Thanks, Mecca. That was, uh, yeah. Uh, Marty, what do you think uh, in regards to his, uh, it, it, in regards to the Skyward Sword being $60 or games so, like it? Yeah, like I see, I've seen this coming up in another place uh, recently too, as people talk about Metroid Dread and the question of should a 2D game be $60? Um, and I think that's like, Hear me in love when I say that. That's a really arrogant question. Like, because we're talking about people's livelihoods. Um, and yeah, I mean, you don't know how much time has gone into creating that game. Because these, these are still 3D models, even yeah, though the $60. game plays on 2D. And it's so, just the, with the, it's just the, with the Skyward fixed. Sword thing, I, I think everybody's. Um, you know, like everybody's really quick to rush to say, well, if it's a remake, it should be cheaper. But what we don't realize is that there's a lot of ground up building that has to happen even for a remake to happen. Yeah, It's not like, like you don't just like take the water in Skyward Sword for the Wii and pour it into the Skyward Sword HD bucket and everything just goes bloop, bloop, bloop and just gets better. Yeah, there's... See? All the art assets need to be redrawn from scratch, most of them. They probably use this, still the same models in most cases, but they all got new textures. You know, all the background, you know, again, a lot of the background stuff, I think, is done through an engine to upgrade it, but they still, someone had to develop the engine to do that upgrade. Right. That isn't just something that just you can buy off the shelf. And then, you know, you know they, they're still quality of life upgrades that requires effort, you know, but the only thing that doesn't really isn't part of the design process in this type of game versus the original is the actual original game design process. You know, the game is still the game, but everything had to have been touched up in some way or another. That is still you know, effort by the programmers and the artists and the designers part. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, he makes a good point in the chat here. If, if that's the logic we follow, then why is it Final Fantasy VII Remake $20? Right. <laughs> right. Be, and, and, I mean, again... Instead, that'll be $300 after all the parts come out. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I think you just got like, ideally, would we like the game to be cheaper because it's a game that's already been released? Sure. Is that necessarily the right thing to do? Probably not. Yeah. But, you know, in my, in my case, it it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what the price tag is. I'm, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> so, you know, while I understand other people's financial situations are different than mine, and that they do have to actually think about do I do this now? Do I wait till it's on the sale? Do I never do this? But you know, in my case, it's yeah, it's I'm playing this game. Yeah, there's there's a lot of work and effort that they did in this, and we've seen it. And there's a lot of people who said, you know, why didn't Nintendo tell us that they did this, this, and this from the very beginning? And maybe they they're probably saying that because maybe they wouldn't complain as much as they did <laughs> if they knew you know, all the enhancements they did and the quality of life things that they, they added to the game. So, uh, but you guys are all dead on. I mean, I'd just be repeating what you were saying, but you can see it, especially when they talk about the game and there might be even other things we're not even aware of yet too. So um, that maybe people will discover as they're playing. Um, Mechus adds, if it was a port, sure. But if it's work done, you got to pay for it. But even just, you can't just, take a source code for one console, drop it into the Switch compiler and expect it to work. It's going to need work to get it to work on a Switch. Mm-hmm. If, you know, just syntax for whatever language it happens to use, I'm sure there's going to be subtle differences, you know, to be console specific. And I then think... just because the Switch is a lighter processor than, say, an Xbox, they, they have to find ways to, to shrink it down in order for it to work. Like right. They might trim down particle effects and other things that are relatively unnecessary to make everything work at 30 frames or 60 frames a second. Do you think it comes down to uh, consumer versus the uh, publisher or developer uh, trust between the two? Like, for example, are we having a hard time trusting that a company like Nintendo is saying, yes, we had to put in effort into this game, thus we are going to charge $60 for it. Versus when we look at the Mario trilogy of games, they put three games into there for what was it, sixty dollars as well, right? So, but but, yeah, and and those were ported. Well, emulated, but still there was effort done to. There was still effort, but if you look at the cost to make it work on a Switch, right? There was there was tweaks made, and but it was sixty dollars, but you got three games out of it. Yeah, so. is it a matter of trust that are we not trusting a developer that they actually had to put in what they're asking to for I'd say more of the publisher than developer, but in this case, publisher, yeah, Nintendo is both. But I'll, I'll, I'll throw it at the counter argument here. EA FIFA, we just talked about, they still want to charge yes. $40 for something that they did little to nothing. And to. so is it because of companies like that? We don't trust anybody. In yeah, regards to, you know, are you really with. putting your, are you putting that effort in and why are you charging me $60? You know, I, my perception as a customer, it seems like you're not putting that much effort into it. So I'm going to say it shouldn't be 60. It should yeah. be 50, then, 40, I, 30, 20, 10, yeah, you know, whatever. That, I have a developer's mind, so I know what goes into some of this stuff, even though yes. I've never made a game myself, I still know what goes into making an app, but so, but still, that you know, roster update. You still understand there's coding involved. So, yes. yeah, yeah, I I know that things require art access, you know, textures updates, etc. Right. 
So, and that's, I think that's as a, as somebody who may not know that maybe it, it is just a trust. We have to believe a customer, a company is, is putting in the effort that they're asking in return and cost. So, and that's where we start where people who don't understand that or want to believe it, or they're questioning it. That's where it all comes in, I think. But great, great discussion points, of course, as always. Uh, and thanks again, Mecca, for the two questions this week. <laughs> all right, next one comes from a question from on, on our Discord uh, from Chris HL94 in Canada. I have a question for the hosts and community. This question came to me after listening to the last Dad's After Dark episode. What is the most difficult game you have ever played? Follow-up, I will ask after you guys answer this. What is the most difficult game you guys ever played? Wow. Um, I don't normally play difficult games. Like, I tried several of them. Like, I mentioned Donkey Kong Country Returns earlier. Didn't get far. I, I've tried Dark Souls. That lasted even less. <laughs> I, I think for me, it would have to go back to the days of the NES or the SNES. So I'm going to have to... I'm gonna have to think for a minute. Yeah, like, like um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think I remember finishing that game. That eventually. one's I don't. I know that I didn't finish that. Ninja one. Gaiden one and two. I've I've beaten on the NES. Wow. I, okay. Well, not I. So that would be <laughs> one of those or something like Ghosts and Goblins. That one I've never finished. <laughs> I don't think I've ever gotten past the first level. Okay. I may have passed first level, but I've never made it to the end. Yeah. For me, I would say, uh, and I may lose my gamer card for this, but Castle, uh, Super Castlevania Four was very difficult for me. Uh, I got to the end, Dracula, but I still can't beat Dracula. I don't remember if I ever finished that one. I know I liked the first few levels, but I don't remember if I ever finished it. Yeah. So that but one, no, I, that, I did, that one frustrates me because I made it that far and I couldn't beat Dracula. And it was just I never like, finished the original Castlevania. I know I beat two and three. Yeah. So, but I, I am gonna have to. My friend Scott, we were talking about this earlier today, uh, and how frustrated I was about that. In fact, and he he said he had to go watch a YouTube video to see the patterns. And I'm like, you know what? I didn't even think of that. I should go watch the patterns that somebody else did and see if I can then figure it out from there. So, all right. So the follow-up to that question is, if you buy a game, do you think the developer owes it to you to make the game easy enough to be able to get to the final credits and beat the game? Hmm. No, I don't think the developer I don't owes think, it to you. <laughs> I don't, I agree. I don't think they do. You know, it's a, it's a nice to have. Yes. And, you know, if they do it, they open the market to more people, more potential buyers but that's a risk that they're willing to take on their own, and they know this going ahead. Yeah, the developer's giving you a game that it's, it's their vision. It's their vision. Yes. Right. So it's you're playing their vision. They're playing the game that they want to play. Essentially, I've heard a lot of developers say that. It's a game they wanted to play, they you know, and wanted to create. I think it would be nice to have that. I think that an easier version could almost be looked at and hear my heart when I say this, it can almost be looked at as an accessibility option for players who maybe yes. aren't, don't have quick reaction time or can't handle mm -hmm. multiple things happening at the same time. I really like 
that there's this this movement in games where it's like the difficulty levels are here's the way you play the game normally and here is for the people who just want to experience the story yes like Ratchet and Clank. I just said, screw yeah. it. I'm putting it. I know, I know going into this, I've never beaten a Ratchet and Clank game before. I don't know if I'll ever beat this one, but I'm putting this on the easiest level. And if I have the time, to, I'll play through it. If I don't, yes. then that's on me for not having the time. Those two points are great in regards to being able to play because you want to see the story and have a little fun in it. Um, and or accessibility, like you said, Marty. So, and those two things, I don't think, again, the developers don't owe it to us, but it is very conscientious of the players when they do add that. So, great. Again, another great, another great question and conversation there. All right, questions from the Patreon. Christopher Logo, again, Christopher HL94, I believe. So, uh, what will you be looking forward to during the upcoming EA Play Live event next week? Should we pay attention as Switch players? I'm sure Christopher is looking forward to the NHL 94 didn't Rewind. I know that they had a presentation scheduled next week. Take a drink. <laughs> when, it, when, when is this? Do you know? The 22nd? It's on our calendar, actually, I think, isn't it? Is it? <laughs> I think so. Yes, it is. Um, EA Play Live 22nd at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. I, I'm going to tell you what I would love to see. Appreciate it. Honestly, it's not, it's not James Pond. But uh, I think it would really be cool to see a, a new Road Rash game. That would be cool. By the way, uh, Summer Games uh, Fest, Fest, I think it is, right? It says 1 p.m. is when the actual EA Play Live starts. So, oh, but I do the like chat, the road the chat also reminded me of this. Sims for the Switch would kill. We've been calling that for a while now, right? So, <laughs> definitely. I'd just be I happy with like the original Plants vs. Zombies. I don't care about the shooter stuff. I just want the original strategy game. A new version of that. That's not monetized, you know, microtransaction right. to death. Yeah, Plant, would be Plants vs. Zombies 2 was gross. Yep. I liked... If they're going to continue doing any of the games they already put out on the Switch, if they do another iteration of Burnout, Burnout 3 would be awesome if they brought that to the Switch. Yes. Or um, Most Wanted, uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted. I had a lot of fun with that game, and I think that would be a good one to bring too. But of course, I would love if EA Sports shows up. I won't say, you know... Obviously, we've already beat to death NHL 94 Rewind. But I'm just saying EA Sports in general, if they could stop being lazy and just build to the audience, I think they would make money. And that's what they're all about, right? They want to make some money. So, And I think if EA Sports shows up uh, for the Switch, I think that would be awesome. Now, the thing I worry I'm still, about... I'm still mad at them about the whole Mass Effect 3 thing on Wii U. You know, that that was yes. just that was not reasonable at all. Oh, no one no one bought this, so no one wants it. Well, no one bought it because you just released the trilogy for cheaper on the other systems last week or yeah. next week. <laughs> yeah. What now? If we 
we may not get anything specific, but I will take what they did last time. <clears throat> last time they did something big like this, which was we'll have five games or seven games coming out for the Switch in the next nine months. And, you know, be on the lookout for what we'll talk about, but at least give us one or two, you know, of whatever they're going to bring to the Switch. I think I think that would be great because then at least we know there's a plan. We'll be on the lookout for those type of things that come out. So that would be exciting to me. Let me get a look forward to announcements to future announcements, which is always fun as a journalist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it gives you a roadmap, at least, you know, to be excited about instead of trying to guess if somebody's going to be coming out with something. All right. Thanks again for that question, Chris. And next question is from David Balica. Uh, with all the anniversaries taking place over the last year or so, DK, Mario, Zelda, what do the dads think of the overall celebrations that Nintendo has rolled out shown to the fans? Do you think Nintendo has done a good job or good enough job in honoring some of these franchises or should more have been done? Does the acknowledgement Nintendo gives some properties and not others hurt help the game's future in the video game space? I think I already answered that question with one of the headlines in our news that I wrote earlier. <laughs> Saying that Atlas has done more for Persona's 25th than Nintendo has done for Zelda's 35th. I have to admit, I'm I'm underwhelmed right now by what Nintendo is doing for Zelda. I get right. they're the house that Mario built, but compared to Mario's 35th, yeah. this feels a little lacking. There's times where we feel Nintendo is not Nintendo. They've changed. They're being a little bit more transparent, but they're not transparent enough yet. They haven't gotten to the point of being a company that's more transparent into what's going on. And I think, I think that in, I, I don't, I would like to hear an argument that says transparency would be bad for Nintendo if they came out and said, we aren't able to do these things because of COVID or, you know, or we have delays in these things or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't think it's reasonable to expect some sort of game to come out to celebrate the, every franchise every time that especially this year that's that's a lot but mm -hmm. at least you know put out a little video kind of outlining the history of the franchise and give us like you know dig into the vault a little bit you know like the stuff they put in the art books that yeah. are japan only so, you know so even something small like that would yep. be better th than kind of what we got yeah, like yeah, it was like like say for, you know, for Kid Icarus where we we got nothing, and you know I I predicted that we weren't going to get anything. <laughs> yes, you know even and you I know. predicted we would be underwhelmed by the Zelda uh, <laughs> thing. So, but you know even like small fifteen minute video talking about things Kid you know Pit and that franchise has done is more than nothing. Yeah, yep, and w even the small things that they used to do were a lot more than what they did here too. like do things in, in like they did with the Nintendo club or, you know, club Nintendo or, you know, that kind of stuff or a, a free, I don't know. Again, we're, I'm, I'm assuming it's easy, but you know, they did free games like the four swords for Zelda. Like I, I was hoping they would do, you know, again, where it'd be free on NSO. 
uh, or things like that, or even make a pick cross game out of, you know, like they did the Twilight Princess pick cross game, you know, even though that wasn't necessarily to celebrate anything, it was still pretty cool. And, or and, do something and, as simple like they did with 3DS where they did even the that themes. was free. You know, yeah. It cost a thousand platinum points. But you know how easy it would be if they would just unlock themes on the Switch instead of the <laughs> start white and with black. Zelda. Start with Zelda and Metroid this year. And there give us go. themes, yeah. And just well, say, here, yeah. we're going to celebrate 35th anniversary. Here's I remember a even when, when theme themes for were your introduced Switch. on the 3DS, I was against it because you know, I'm like, I don't open my Switch to look at the menu. I, I mean, or my 3DS, I opened it to play the games. So I was like, the last person to adopt the theme. And when I, I did eventually get a Zelda theme that I liked, it was yeah. probably for the, you know, five years ago. I think and, I have every single Zelda theme that they I sold. Have, I still have that as my active Zelda 3DS theme. I have the Metroid uh, Samus 2 theme on mine, and it's been that way ever since. Because I go. love the music. I have it. a rotation of several themes. Yep, Mega I used Man, to do that the too. NES Remix, or the actually the Famicom version of the NES yes. Remix. Yeah, I mean, there's several. That Those were there. awesome. Those were so awesome. I just, I think there's, it feels like Nintendo has done a great job with the Switch, but there's part of the company that has forgotten how to celebrate itself. Does that make yes, sense? It does. Like, there, it's just, how do we celebrate these big deal things? And the, and the part that's not transparent, is it, is it something because, I don't know how to word this, is it because... They don't have the manpower to do it. They're focusing on other things, you know, or, you know, or you, you, I guess the problem is, is like you said, Jesse, it's like you don't need to celebrate everything, but you set a precedence by saying, here's 35th anniversary of Mario. Oh, what are they going to do for Zelda and everybody else's 35th or 40th or whatever? Right. And then all of a sudden we get nothing. Is it because of COVID? You guys already had things in place for Mario and you didn't have things in place for Zelda. So that's why we didn't get that. We don't know. We just are guessing and we're frustrated as fans, you know, so yeah. we're not getting those things. Yeah. So that's where the transparency thing I think comes into play. Good and question. they and they they pick and choose when they're gonna be transparent too, which again is not consistent. We'll see things on Twitter that says, Hey, we're gonna do this, that, and this, because they heard people and then but the, and then there's other times where they don't say anything. So it gets frustrating as a fan, obviously. But yes, that was a great question. Uh, thanks, David. All right. And the last question is from our from Twitter, from Andy P, the informant, which I think he was in the chat too as well. Any of you guys ever purchase a replacement battery or an extended battery for the original Switch? One of my screws popped out the back, and I think the battery must be swelling up. I didn't purchase a battery, but I had to replace the fan in my Switch or actually get a friend to do it. Uh, and it was one of those take the back off of it jobs, you know, take the rails off the side, all that stuff. Uh, and he does that not for a living, but as a hobby. And so he did a great job uh, doing that. And it fixed some of my fan issues, but I've had the bloating battery thing, not to a lot of the extent of losing a screw or anything like that, <laughs> but all of those parts are on Amazon. You had that happen to a shirt before where I lost a button, you know, because I was bloated or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've never had to do that to a Switch, but I've replaced the battery on my GBAs multiple times. 
Yeah, I had I've been I've been pretty blessed that I haven't had issues with my OG switch. So um I that's why I'm not too con I'm not too uh what's the word like um choked up about not being able to get the OLED pre-ordered. Um because my switch is not in that bad of shape. It's actually still in pretty good shape. And so I'm, I know that's rare for a lot of people. So I'm thankful for that. If you have the OG switch, I guess, which is, you know, the, like we say the OG, the original switch. Yeah. There's Day a one battery, a, a battery replacement kit with all the tools you need and the battery on Amazon right now for $15.99. Uh, the, Upgraded battery is eleven ninety nine, uh, but it does not come with the upgrade kit. So you would have to buy that separately. And I take that back. I did replace the battery on my Wii U gamepad when they started offering the oh I've done the, that before the, the, too. the higher yes uh, you know the higher, higher capacity, capacity battery. Mm -hmm. I I did buy one of those and and replace it, and it was very simple to do, but. I would recommend um, here an informant, if you are not comfortable or confident like opening your switch up, this would be like go find an electronic store uh, nearby that does iPhone repair or something and ask them if they wouldn't mind doing this for you. Uh, and, you know, you might even say, hey, I'll provide the part if you'll just charge me to put it in. Yeah. You can get it here on Amazon for super cheap. I, I love doing that kind of stuff, but I chances are though, once that started, uh, I meant to, meant to say this, once that process is started, you need to get on it sooner than later. Yes. Get her done. Yeah. A swollen battery is not healthy. It would, it could cause more damage than you can be able to repair. The, if you don't get that out of there. There is a kit. I, I scrolled down a little bit. There is a kit for the higher capacity replacement batteries. Uh, it's 1699. It comes with the, the uh, tools. Then you need to open it up. I usually love doing this kind of thing. I've done the joy cons where I've taken them apart, but what I'm afraid of is, yeah, I have confidence in doing my own, but then I start panicking if I do someone else's. <laughs> Cause yeah. I don't yeah. want to screw I, up somebody I, else's. I tried doing something. something like that once I, I had two broken DS lights. I wanted to Frankenstein them together to, to be one working unit. Yeah, and ended up having a pile, two piles of junk that has hit the trash. Yeah. <laughs> well, as you you know, a lot of times you have to stumble and pick yourself up and try again, right? And, that's right. Yeah, that's but I'd rather I'm, do that I'm, on my own devices than anybody else's. That's, that's why I'm a software guy, not a hardware guy. Right. Yeah. Right. Great questions, Guys, everybody. Absolutely. This has been episode 334 of Nintendo Dads. We've really enjoyed hanging out with you guys. I've enjoyed getting to spend some time talking Nintendo with uh, you tonight. And as we close out the show, we want to say a huge thanks to all of our Patreon uh, folks who go over and support us over on patreon.com. But we want to say a huge thanks to our Patreon producers as well. Dave Ernsberger, Antonio Contronio, Solo Something, and Chris Mears. You guys are awesome. Uh, and next week on the show, next week on the show, Dave Ernsberger himself will be joining us live to break down all of the week's Nintendo news uh, as well as everything else. We want to say a huge thanks also to our YouTube subscribers where we've gotten over 5,600 subscribers right now, uh, pushing up toward um, 
5,700 and over a thousand followers, close to 1,100 on Twitch. And we want to say a huge thanks to the 23 Twitch subscribers who also get access to our Discord communities and activities due to that. You can check us out on our website at nintendodads.org or head us up on social media for all of our videos and social tweets and all that good stuff. Email us at nintendodads at gmail.com. Call in and leave a voicemail at MechaDragon101 at 929-25NDADS. That's 929-256-3237. Big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show. And reminder, download us from your podcast app of choice like CastBox, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Music, or Spotify. But don't forget to leave us a five-star review and some written words to help people find the show and bump it on up the ratings. Guys, this has been Marty, Tim, and Jesse. This has been episode 334. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Good night, peeps. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. Nintendo Dads.